This morning's scripture reading is from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the Spirit, any sympathy, any complete my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united and agreeing with each other. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, so that at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I have a t-shirt also, not on, but uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and I are good buddies, and uh, he didn't want me to feel left out, so uh, he gave me a t-shirt. I've been with you for over a year now, and you don't, a lot of you don't know that because of COVID. Ross asked me to preach in June, and that was a year and a half ago. <laughs> and I think he missed a June in there, and so, so, so here I am. Let us get back to the basics of worship that last song is what uh, this Sunday is all about. And it's about us knowing what Jesus really wanted us to do. And Paul reminds the church at Philippi what that is. It's about being of the same mind in Christ, about loving God and loving one another, about being compassionate. It's about standing in your faith when there's all this world going on around us that has nothing to do with that and is attacking our faith from all sides. 
and I'm reminded of an incident that happened 30 years ago in Crane, Texas. Anybody know where Crane is? Wow. <laughs> I didn't know where Crane was when I was called to my first appointment. I had asked to be appointed to a church that was within two hours of Albuquerque because that's where I lived and I was a real estate broker there and getting into the ministry. And the district superintendent called one day and he said, we'd like you to go to Crane, Texas. And I looked it up on a map and I said, this guy doesn't know his geography. Crane, Texas is about 500 miles from Albuquerque. It's a little town south of oil town, south of Odessa. And it has a church that is about our size here that was built during the oil boom of the 50s when there were about six to 700 members. And they had two or three services in order to fit all the all people in. And then there was a downturn and then another downturn. And when I got there, the town was down to 3,500 and the church membership was about 150 with about 100 active members. They were very nice, wonderful people. But they were surviving at the time, as those places do. Now with the fracking and everything, I'm sure train is booming. But what happened one day, one day about this time of year, I was getting ready to go to North Carolina to Duke Divinity School for the summer. My wife was Linda, who was getting ready. We have a daughter, uh, Kate, who was about nine years old, and Todd was about 17 and in high school. And I was running around getting ready because lo and behold, we were also having a choir come in, a youth choir who was using our place as a stop, a respite. So they were going to be singing for their supper and for board, staying overnight as they went back from Dallas to New Mexico. Busy time. And I recall that I got a phone call around four o'clock in the afternoon by a gas station owner who was at the corner of town and said, uh, do you have time to uh, talk to a guy and uh, possibly give him some help? Well, we helped a lot of people. I had a discretionary fund that was there to give gas, food, motels, lodging, whatever. I said, sure, you can bring him on. I'm, I was just leaving. I said, I can meet him there in 10 minutes. She's fine. Well, I got back to the church about 10 minutes later, and there's this very slight young man with his bicycle leaned up against the church steps and him sitting exhausted, probably dehydrated, probably um, hungry, just looking eg totally exhausted. And I asked him how I could help him. And 
he said, well, I'm, I'm really hungry. And I said, well, let's go over to the pharmacy. The pharmacy was, uh, in that town had a lunch bar that was open till five o'clock. They closed at six, but the lunch bar was open till five o'clock in town. I said, let's go get a sandwich. And when I did, he started telling me a story, a story about his life. Later, I found a little more details to it, but a story about his living in government housing in Odessa, being on social security disability. And I found out later it's because he was functional, but he had the mind of about a 10-year-old. And he watched a lot of television. And he's watched so much travel shows, so many travel shows, that one day there was this man who decided to ride a, ride a bike across country. And he said, I can do that. And 15 miles outside of town, he was so exhausted, he was at the side of his road, outside of the road, dehydrated, on the verge probably of collapse when an oil field worker coming through to Crane picked him up, threw his bike in the back, and brought him into Crane. And he was going on, but he dropped him off where the gas station owner said, I know who I can call. I can call the Methodist church in town because they help people. So he tells me, that on his map with a sleeping bag, a pup tent, and maybe a two changes of clothes is all he had, that he can, that, that he just couldn't go on. He couldn't make it any farther than 15 miles out of town. And I said, ah, suck it up. Yeah, just get, keep going. And I left him. No, I didn't. <laughs> Thought that was funny. It was funny. Okay. So, instead of, I said, I said, I can't, I, I can't take you back to Odessa now. But what I can do is, have you run errands with me, and I'll drop you off at the church. We're having a choir. Do you like music? We're having a choir come into town, and they're going to be singing tonight. We're going to have a dinner. And he thought that was great. He said, I, I can't believe, Pastor, that, that you will treat me that way. He said, I want to I join your church. And I said, well, let's talk about that later. <laughs> so we went back to the church when there's other people. There's about probably 40, 40 people who are bringing in food. And I'm thinking of this passage when I'm thinking of the story because it, it fit. It fit what this church was doing and going to do, unbeknownst to me, that there's going to be this moment, this aha moment, this epiphany moment. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and in one mind. If you have any compassion, any sympathy, 
Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. And I look back, and the events that are going to take place, not from me, or only from me, it was my job. But everybody else, it was their mission, it was their ministry in Jesus Christ. I took them to the church and sat them down. I said, I have some errands to run, but there's people coming in, bringing in food. Everybody was preparing. It was about a 20-person choir that we were going to house and that we were going to feed that evening, and then the host's families would supply breakfast for them. So it was a busy place. And one of the couples came in with a young boy around 10 years old who was never in a church before, but these two, his teachers, had asked his parents if they could bring him in and go to church with them. And he loved the place. He had been there maybe a year. And he sat down and he just gravitated towards Jimmy, toward this young man who was so disoriented. And now, after being cleaned up in the restroom a little bit, and I think even maybe put on my T-shirt, I'm not sure. But he engaged in conversation. They engaged. The two teachers engaged with him. And as people came in, bringing their food, preparing what they had to do in this church to where everything was sort of automatic when it came to a special event, they would stop by and say hi. And before the meal, I stood Jimmy up and I said, I would just like to introduce my friend Jimmy V from Odessa. And he was amazed. He was amazed at the caring, the compassion, the love that was shown to him out of nowhere, out of people just coming in and taking a moment. If I had a title to a sermon, and I don't title my sermons very much because by the time I preach them, the title doesn't usually mean anything anymore. But if I were to title this sermon, it would be, <clears throat> i got to read it, An Accidental Flash Mob for Jesus. An Accidental Flash Mob, because this was not planned. These people, and it's like any other church, this, this church was a wonderful church. Crane was a wonderful place to bring up kids if you liked football if you like band music, marching band music, if you like small town living, because there's only prairie outside the few square miles the crane is. But I read a sign outside I-20, if you're going towards Abilene from, from um, Odessa, there's a little sign for welcoming you to a little town. I forgot the name of the town. It said... Uh, welcome to whatever. We're the home of a thousand friendly people and a few sore heads. <laughs> and that's every church, isn't it? That's every church. But at this time, with no prompting from anybody, this wasn't something prepared, just happened. 
just happened to where this kid who had been abused, I found out, as a child, had been abused as an adult, very naive, yet very optimistic, who had few friends that didn't take advantage of him, come to a place where he was overwhelmed with love. We don't know in our lives where flash mobs are going to happen for Christ. But if we adhere to Paul's words as he was reflecting Christ's attitude for us, if then is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion, any sympathy. All the things that Christ taught us and is teaching us, then we use them for his good. We use those things not for ourselves, but a sacrifice to Christ as, he, as we respond to his love for us That's how we love others. And that's the story, and I'm sticking to it.